0: Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony.
1: welcome to authentic influence podcast and this is anthony chance to move from simple creative marketing it is uh, six thirty a.m here and i don't usually get up this early for anyone but uh, for this gentleman i'm making an exception uh this is my good friend nick loper from side hustle nation we are talking about how to grow your podcast audience and launch a book uh, two things that Nick has done really, really well. Uh, Nick, no, Nick Lope helps people earn money outside of their day job. He's an author, an online entrepreneur, and host of the award winning Side Hustle Show podcast, which features new part time business ideas each week. Uh, as chief site hustler, love that at site hustlenation.com, he loves deconstructing the tactics and strategies behind building extra income streams. And uh, his new book, uh, which has just been launched i think or last month uh is called one thousand dollars one hundred ways uh you can grab that on kindle and all the 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 different sites but the main site you can check out is 1k100ways.com and uh, nick welcome to the show
0: thanks for having me man thanks for getting up early we'll uh we'll wake you up hopefully get your coffee going and we'll uh we'll get into it
1: absolutely and i'm gonna to have to find some mcp oil and uh do what you do just to get some you know, i've got on. mine
0: it's still uh, it's only 11 30 over here so i'm still working on
1: mine <laughs> fantastic now just for the for the listeners here where are you dialing in from
0: uh from uh, uh, seattle washington
1: seattle okay so i have actually had the pleasure of being in seattle uh for three days i think when i did my my road trip i went from toronto canada to uh from east to west—not not, not really east, but anyway—we went uh, on a f- sort of eight days on a you know RV with five strangers <laughs> in the van, in an RV van okay. across yeah. to Vancouver, hitchhiked down to uh, uh to Seattle. Um, oh, what a then, cool adventure! I know, I know. I was on my way to Burning Man actually, but I never got there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I ended up detouring and going to LA because my cousin who lives and grew up in LA said, "Hey." you're you're over this part of the world why don't you come say hello to the family and i did So <laughs> that's what happened. um so tell us about you know apart from the, the alleged rain that goes on in seattle why why have you chosen to live in seattle
0: yeah so we actually just moved here a couple months ago um this is where my wife and i grew up and, and growing up here you don't notice the rain you're just like this is just that's just how it is and you don't you don't know it until you go somewhere else and and then come back and you're like, well, why is everything always wet all the time? Um, we spent the last 14, 15 years in uh, Northern California and we wanted to uh, get closer to family. We wanted to, um, get our kids set up. Our oldest just started kindergarten, get him set up in the school district. And, um, and now was the time to make the move. So it was, it was much harder leading up to the decision, like all of that mental Gymnastics was much more difficult than it's been post landing. It's, it's, you know, only been a couple months, but it feels like the new normal. So we're happy with that so far.
1: Fantastic. And just relative to other cities in, or where you came from, uh, house, housing and the pricing and that kind of the market over there. Um, exactly.
0: It, it used to be a slight advantage cost of living wise. It's similar real estate to where we were in California, right. um, but no state income tax. So there's a little bit of a of an advantage there of uh, some, actually, you know, on an annual basis, thousands and thousands of dollars back to the bottom line.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, one tip I do know, one thing I did learn when I was over there, over there was just per capita, I think Seattle has the largest amount of, cafes yeah, like in a city uh, across the globe like that place uh, you know I believe like it. Starbucks, but yeah. also on that there's tons of other much better coffee places um and the one favorite building i have for that city uh is the, the actual the, the the seattle uh, public library that building and its construction is uh, it's an amazing place to walk into i mean even yeah. from the outside right like yeah, yeah yeah so, yeah yeah um, now, now that we've digressed, let's get into the topic, uh, <laughs> how to grow your podcast audience. So let's start with that and a bit of background around your story. Um, when did you launch your podcast and, uh, uh, how, sort of how many episodes are you in and, and, and what, what's the, like, let's talk about the growth of that, of that podcast.
0: Yeah. So I started the side hustle show in 2013. Um, and so I've been at it for eight years, almost nine years. and it is closing in on 500 episodes, and I want to point out that it felt crowded in 2013. There were already, you know, dozens of entrepreneurial interview shows out there. John Lee Dumas was rocking, Mixer G was rocking, uh, David seitman Garland was rocking. Like it was a, it was a format that had been done, and so it was kind of like, well what unique angle could I really add to this game? And so in my case, it was like, okay, I'm gonna niche down and do side hustle stuff because that's what I was interested in. That was my story. That's how I, you know, got out of my corporate job. It was, you know, through a side hustle. It's like, okay, you know, I could spread this gospel through uh, interviewing other people who've been there, done that as well. It is interesting, podcasting is an interesting space because I think as much it's much more competitive now, obviously, than it was eight years ago. But there's still a huge market share left to conquest. I think the latest stat was like 50% of the population has ever listened to a podcast or something. So there's like this whole realm of possibility of people who have yet to discover the glory of on-demand audio on whatever topic they want. So I think there's still lots of room uh, to grow in the podcast space. The biggest difference is the influx of big money and big media in a lot of ways, where in 2013, you didn't see a ton of... ESPN podcasts you didn't see a ton of uh, celebrity podcasts where they're bringing their existing audience into the fold you didn't see the New York Times you didn't see as much NPR um and, and all those people have helped grow the listenership grow the pie um, but it just means you're not going to be able to compete necessarily you know with with the uh you know a production staff of 14 people where they have you know maybe an hour of labor hours into every audio minute that gets aired it's like I, you know, I can't compete with that, so I got to come up with something uh, compelling. And in my case, hopefully, it's the content. And so that's kind of what I've been doubling down on and uh, trying to grow, trying to grow the show, coming up with compelling stories that that people can't help but share.
1: And there's a lot of a couple of things I want to sort of uh, sort of zero in on what you've just said there. One is around just identifying well, how how can I be different? You know, when there when there are already uh, somewhat successful podcasts you know in my space uh, entrepreneurship obviously is a and business is is a big topic um but literally if we go into apple you know podcast or spotify or whatever it may be uh and search business or or, or you know even side hustles if we even search side hustles but there's not just yours podcast anymore like right. there's, there's a whole bunch of them now um but like you say there is opportunity for growth and, and the market is still catching up like it's not the, the number one you know, i think tv is still killing it like you know in terms of media streams and what we watch sure. um even though there is you know the growth of netflix and other things are going on with streaming services um but you also talked about just uh, just consistency like to get to 500 plus episodes uh, y- you really stand out like you know th- th- there's uh, th- there's enough of um interesting different ideas that you can bring onto every every episode uh you're you're starting to do some really cool things with like recap episodes or summaries of topics of groups of topics and categories and you're doing these sort of things that that sort of where you speak back to hey on episode 10 i interviewed this person and you know and and, uh, some of those strategies um let's talk can you talk about just if someone's listening to this and they're thinking okay all right it sounds like you know it's probably still a good idea to, to launch a podcast in 2022. Um what would you sort of suggest or advise in terms of uh, I think you write you call it the, the the listener pyramid. How do you climb the listener pyramid and how do you get more listeners for a podcast?
0: Yeah, so you gotta you gotta commit to it. And I, early on I was like, Am I gonna run out of people to talk to? Am I gonna run out of ideas here? But you know, every every day in my inbox there's more episode ideas than there are weeks to fill those. So it's like, okay, you're not gonna the well doesn't necessarily Run, drive, but uh, climbing the listener pyramid it's something that I've thought about in terms of growing the audience. And so, if you imagine this pyramid with four layers, you have uh, strangers at the bottom. This is like the biggest problem for podcasters and pretty much any business. It's this awareness problem. Like, uh, if I just if people would just know that I exist, like that would be a great win. Um, from there, it goes to listeners. From there, it goes to subscribers. And at the very top of the pyramid, you have fans. Fans are the people who listen to every episode, they uh, spread the word for you, they tell all their friends about you, they uh, buy all your products when you have something for sale. Those are the people that you ultimately want. And so every action that you take as it relates to your show should be about ascending people on that ladder. And so if we start at the bottom with this stranger problem, like how do we we address the fact that nobody knows who we are? There is this listenership um, hurdle when it comes to podcasting in that it's not as seamless as clicking play on a YouTube video. It's not as seamless as clicking a link and scrolling through a blog post. So you have to kind of overcome that. You have to make the hook so compelling that people are willing to go find the podcast app, you know, search for your show, find the specific episode you're talking about. Like, it's got to be that good that they're willing to go through those hoops. And so that happens in a couple different ways. It happens number one if a friend tells them about it, right? So I think shows tend to spread word of mouth. So make it so compelling people you know can't help but share. And I always give the example of like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. It's like this guy is just an incredible storyteller. I don't know if anybody else has like 18 hours to geek out on World War II in the Pacific like I did over the last few months, but it's like it's it's fantastic. Like it's so Mm. good. Um, And that's what he's going for. Like, it's too good not to share, who follows none of the conventional rules about podcasting. He puts out an episode whenever he wants. Um, You know, the conventional wisdom says, you you gotta publish every week or every day. The conventional wisdom says, you know, it's gotta be between 25 minutes and an hour because that's like the length of somebody's commute. His episodes are like three, four hours long. It's like, you know, if it's good enough, you know, there's no such thing as too long, only too boring is what another podcaster told me. So I like that one. Um, And then the other way I try and address that hurdle is like with the uh, title of the episode, and trying to make that something that invokes curiosity. Usually, um, I try and do that with like a a dollar amount in a specific period of time, like, oh, how this person grew from uh, zero to 20 grand a month in a year and a half or something crazy. And like, or, you know, one of the very early episodes of the podcast was like how this one guy earned enough money on Fiverr to buy a house in his first year. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, what could you possibly sell in for five bucks that, you know, you earn that money. It's like, Nick, 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 you know, it's all about the upsells. Um, and it was like, it was cool. And so I'm trying to embrace that uh, with the titles of the episodes, because I've been a guest on other shows. And you know, to your credit, you you know, led with the hook here, you're gonna, hey, we're gonna talk about growing a podcast audience, we're gonna talk about book marketing, we're gonna talk about, um, you know, Facebook as a discovery channel, like all these like specific things people want to learn about. Because I've been a guest on other shows, and they do what you're supposed to do. And they say, Hey, Nick, you know, thanks so much for joining me. Your episode is live today. And, uh, you know, here's the link to check it out if you want to share. And you click on it. And it says, you know, episode 33, Nick Loper, and you're like, I feel like uh, I feel like you missed an opportunity here <laughs> because it's like nobody, <laughs> nobody knows who I am. Nobody cares. Like what's in it for me? What's in it for the listener? What's the hook, the transformation? You know, what are they going to get in exchange for, you know, trading their, their time with you and their earbuds? It's kind of how I think about the discovery problem. And of course, you know, guesting on other shows, like getting the word out, telling people what you do, uh, inviting people to tune in you know, early on. I had an email list of 11 people going back to 2013. And it was, um, but I did have, and what most people have is uh, an existing network of Facebook uh, friends, LinkedIn connections, email contact history. And so I went through uh, line by line, like or letter by letter in Gmail and saying like, what would pop up in the uh, compose window and like auto suggest when I typed in a letter, i like, oh, Aaron, I haven't uh, emailed Aaron in a while, let's see. Uh, hey Aaron, what are you up to? I just launched this new project. You know, here's the link to check it out. Just like trying to, and we find this with a lot of businesses uh on the side hustle shows, like starting with your existing network to get the ball rolling, hopefully send some positive signals to the algorithms and uh and start to get outside of your own sphere of influence in that way.
1: So that's how we a couple of things there, uh, which are really cool. I re, I like the the idea of um starting with a compelling hook i mean that's a that's a copywriting technique certainly you know as a copywriter i, I, I learned that a long time ago uh, but we see that i mean you know if we watch just how they name episodes on um tv series and and on you know on movies like the movie you know, titles or even subtitles even books right we look at books the title has to grab us uh so we we're, we're sort of thinking okay what's the um the one thing that's coming from that conversation or that particular episode that's gonna and i've think of it as their individual um like they're they're, they are individual episodes and treat them as such and and not that they're you know you you can't assume that you have that loyal listener that's been listening for all your episodes and they know who you are and they know who your guests are um and so if you kind of go okay well what's what's going to grab them and even even if they have listened to your your episodes before what's going to bring them back Um, and
0: even uh, like even tim ferris does this who's talking with celebrity guests where he could probably get away with you know, calling his episode, you know, number four hundred, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and yeah. it's like, but no, they like he leads with what, you know, what did they talk about, right? And so it makes it a little more more uh, compelling. And so unless you're just interviewing total celebrities that everybody's going to know, it's like a conversation with Oprah or something. Like, okay, you know, I'll tune in, but other than that, it's like, okay, what's what's in it for me as the listener? Uh, do you want to go to the next uh, tier on the pyramid?
1: Yes, so we've started off at the uh, the bottom of the pyramid, which are the strangers, and now we're moving on to the next tier. Let's talk about that one, Nick.
0: Yeah, so we've hopefully compelled these strangers to uh, tune into to us, give us a chance, put us in our earbuds. And so I think that means, uh, you know, as you start to construct your episodes, it means um, being respectful of people's time, like getting to the point quickly. I don't know if you've ever listened to um, other shows where there's like this five, ten minute preamble with like the maybe there's a co host and they're just like, joking amongst themselves, or they're just, I I don't know like that you're not delivering what you said you were gonna do in the title of the episode. And so like trying to get to the point quickly, um, to make sure that listener actually listens to the thing like um, that they get a chance to consume your hopefully compelling, shareable, interesting, uh, life changing content uh, from that episode. Um, From listeners to subscribers, like how do you get somebody who just tuned in? once, maybe they tuned in twice to like listen to you consistently, or how do you get them on your email list? So what worked for me was recognizing that the podcast is not a business in itself, but it can be a content marketing arm for the business. And so for me, that shift was creating episode-specific lead magnets. Um, and what I did early on was say, hey, you're out uh walking the dog you're at the gym you're driving in your car you're not in a great place to take notes don't worry we did it for you if you hit up side slash you know episode number or whatever uh you'll be able to download those they're totally free that was a big inflection point for me so this was uh embarrassingly it took me over a year to kind of figure this out but you know i was 14 months into the show 60 something episodes um and had built an email list of like a 1,000 subscribers at that time, which was like, this is, you know, a 1,000 people are gonna let me into their inbox, like, that's pretty cool. But within three months of turning this on, it was 3,000, within six months, it was 6,000. Uh, a year later, it was 12,000, there's this big um, ramp up. And now you have um, and the ability to communicate with what was previously a mostly anonymous audience Podcast analytics notoriously bad, right? So you now have the chance to get into somebody's inbox, uh, tell them about your latest episode, tell them about your products and services in an easily clickable way. They've got something they can easily forward to friends and family. I think that was a big uh, that was a big turning point for me.
1: You talked about um, just uh, show notes and, and, and actually have offering those as. Uh, an incentive or, or a reason for people to come in and sign up, you know, for your email list. Um, can you sort of give some tips around how to do those without killing yourself? Because, uh, you know, listening back over, a if, if, if you imagine the person who's doing a three hour episode <laughs> um, to go through that and listen and pull out sort of the insights um, or even just for, for a 30 minute, 30 minute conversation, um, how have you found a, sort of an effective way or efficient way to do that?
0: Yeah. So today I get everything transcribed through otter.ai. I want to say otter is the, it's like 10 bucks a month for, you know, these AI transcriptions that end up being pretty accurate. So that gives um, the writer who's been on my team for probably the last six years, he's been there forever. um, He does, he uses those along with my notes to kind of craft the summary outline, or at least he did back in the day. We've shifted to publishing that summary as a blog post, you know, full show notes, you know, sometimes 2000 words, you know, here's everything that we covered. Here's the guest top tips. Cause so I started to see diminishing returns on using that as a lead magnet. And I was like, yeah, you know, for user experience, probably better just to put that stuff up front, um, and let people consume how they want to consume. So I've been trying to come up with in the last year, year and a half of, um, other complimentary lead magnets that would be, um, helpful for somebody who just listened to this episode. So we did an episode on this guy who is renting out portable hot tubs. Like one of my favorite episodes of the year is a side hustle, high school teacher in New York. He's like, yeah, I got these portable hot tubs. You know, here, here, I buy them for this much. I rent them for this much. Um, so the lead magnet was, well, you know, here's a bunch of other unconventional things you could rent out for a profit. I was trained to think rental business equals uh, rental property, real estate houses, you know, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like there's all, you know, there's uh, bounce houses and hot tubs and uh, semi truck trailers and all sorts Mm -hmm. of random stuff that people are renting out. And so putting that together as a lead magnet and, you know, trying to transition uh, to that instead and not every episode anymore, but including those where, uh, where it makes sense. So like today's episode was um, a woman who had built this like belly dancing course, online business, teaching belly dancing and like, you know, uh, click funnels, and the one time offer and the bump, you know, all this stuff and driving cold traffic. And so we put together the funnel worksheet, like if you're trying to uh, sort out, okay, what could be your primary offer? What could be your one time offer on the thank you page? What could be your order bump, like all these different tiers of the thing? Or what could be your lead magnet, if you're going to do a lead magnet funnel? Um, And so trying to put that together, like what would be a helpful complimentary resource for the listener?
1: I really like that and uh, oh well I wondered if you your, your complimentary lead magnet was some kind of some, uh you a know, hundred ways to to sell your 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 to move your body and make money or something like that <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna go there but anyway uh I'm gonna have to listen to that episode <laughs> that's, that's a fun one uh, I, that that's the, one of the things that actually stood out to me from your the book and, and we'll, we'll we'll get to the book in a moment um but just you know the book covers 100 different ways to to actually you know uh, that different um guests you've had on the show talk about you know how they're, they're making income uh, at least a thousand dollars a month um through side hustles and it's really fascinating like some of those ideas that i'd never would have thought of like they were just like you said you know we, we're we familiar with things like airbnb but to extend that i've seen a recent someone dropped a flyer in my mailbox this week which was kind of like if you got parked car parking space uh that you you could rent out and and we'll you know we'll get you uh vehicles and and, and renters and and i was like oh that's pretty smart you know and and they're doing the old yeah let's just let's test the market drop flies in everyone's mailboxes and and see who's gonna buy it um because they're building the platform right like that's what they're doing so Yeah. um, yeah really really interesting we had you a guy who was on.
0: doing flyer delivery as his side hustle. He's like, Look he was like guy. addicted to his uh, Fitbit, and he was like, "How do yeah. I get more steps?" And I'm like, "So I wanted to do all this walking, anyways. How could I get paid for it?" Well, he, he started knocking on uh, local uh, businesses, doors, and like, "Yeah, you want to pass out flyers for us? Knock yourself out. We'll give you 15 cents a house or something." <laughs> so He's like, "The the real wow. secret sauce was when I, you know, found out I could, you know, deliver three or four flyers at the same time. I just, you know, tripled my hourly rate. So I was like, all sorts of fun ideas."
1: It's amazing. Uh, 1k100ways.com, that's where you can go check out the book. Uh, Nick, we just talked about uh, the the listener pyramid. We've got two subscribers. Then the final layer is fans. How do we go from subscribers to fans?
0: Yeah, this is going to vary depending on the niche of your podcast. But for me, this is usually when someone ascends to like fandom in the pyramid is when they have taken action, they have seen some positive results as a result of some of your content. They have implemented something, they tried it out. They're like, hey, I got a customer or hey, I increased my affiliate earnings or hey, I made my first sale. Like all of that stuff is like, hey, this stuff works. All of a sudden it is not just ideas in my head but it's actual real dollars in my wallet. And that's kind of when uh, at least in my case, the the things uh, start to spin really positively. But I'm thinking of other shows that I'm a fan of. It's often the same way. where I like, it has some sort of practical application. Um, and it's I'm trying to think of like, because I listen to like the hardcore history stuff, where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm a fan, but I'm not necessarily like applying the stuff. I mean, it it certainly makes me grateful to have not had to fight in these horrific conditions in these wars and stuff but it's you know that's why i say it's going to vary depending on your niche
1: now one of the things that you've uh at some point you decided to launch a facebook group to coincide with or or, or to to, to parallel with the podcast episodes that you're putting out so can you talk about this why you went that route and and is it because you saw other sort of podcast host doing similar things or uh, and then and now it's, it's gone to the point where you really advocate for um using Facebook as a discovery channel can you talk more about that
0: yeah the group has really taken on a life of its own group started probably early 2015 I was hesitant to start it early on because I was worried about you know the time effort energy headache that it would take to moderate I was worried that you know what you know, similar like mindset issues. Like, well, does the world really need another you know entrepreneurial Facebook group? by, you know, I surveyed the audience through email. They said, yeah, we would join. You know, that sounds cool. It's like okay, you know, let's test this out. Um, since then, it's grown to over forty-five thousand members and has become. Uh, you know, it started out very much as like listeners of the show, subscribers of the email list. Like, here's a here's a place to come hang out, and instead of. You know, being one to many, you know, me broadcasting on the blog podcast email, all of a sudden it was many to many uh, with me at the hub, which I thought was a really cool place to be. Like listeners could have conversations with other listeners. They could ask and answer questions, sometimes without even my direct involvement. We've seen mastermind groups form in there, we've seen uh, business relationships form in there, other partnerships. It's really cool uh, to see and kind of have been the conduit of that. Um, In the past year or two, I've started to recognize that a lot of people. Are coming in, not from this existing ecosystem, not from the podcast, not from the existing blog or email list. They're getting shown this group through Facebook, either as a recommended uh, group, like, hey, you're already in these other similar groups, you might check this one out, or through Facebook search, which is one of the top five search engines in the country. And it says, you know, people are using that search bar on Facebook, which is, it's, it's really interesting to me, because I, you know, very rarely use Facebook in that way. But if somebody is typing in your primary keyword, you want to be found, right? So I want to own the side hustle keyword in every search engine. And Facebook was another way uh, to do that. It was actually, you know, had kind of uh, obscured the name of the group in its early days for, I remember that. it was SH Nation for a long yeah. time. Cause so I was like, well, what if people, again, you know, mindset issues, well, people probably don't want to join a, a side hustle Facebook group because like what if they're Facebook friends with their boss or their coworkers or Ooh. something like it's like okay who cares um, so uh, eventually changed the name and started getting this big influx of people who uh, you know were discovering the group through search. What has been a big win this year is I never had a great system for you know introducing those people into the fold. Like yeah, there's this cool group, there's this cool community, but like did you know there's this whole other body of content and resources, you know, beyond that through the blog and podcast and never had a really good system for that, but started using a software called group leads this year to collect emails when people uh, request to sign up. So it's one of the three questions that I ask when somebody requests to join. It says like, hey, uh, do you have a side hustle? If so, you know, tell me about it. what do you I'd probably ask? Like, what are you struggling with or something? And then, you know, if you want my best side hustle tips in your inbox, you know, punch in your email here. And it's not a requirement to join the group, but surprisingly enough or positively enough, a lot of people do punch that in. And then group leads uh, is, sends that directly over to active campaign in my case.
1: And then when they arrive there, do you have some kind of segmentation set up when they subscribe?
0: Yeah, so now there's a welcome sequence that says, okay, here's." you know, some of my best side hustle tips. Here's how to get started. If you don't have anything going already and try to encourage people to reply, like all the basic welcome Good. sequence stuff. And actually on my project list is to really expand that uh, welcome sequence and build it out for, you know, it could be six months long. It could be 12 months long. It could highlight some of the best, you know, the greatest hits from the archives, right? Because if you're just coming in and you're now on the newsletter and you're getting, you know, the new stuff every week, but it's like, Hey, you know there's eight years of this stuff like you ought to go back and check out this episode this episode like you know and let people kind of choose their own uh, adventure in that way
1: that's really cool um because i think there's there's a lot of definitely a lot of, you're getting so many signups uh per month for whatever it is and, and i think there's a really great opportunity to, to, to allow people to go deeper into uh you know what it is they're there for um because be, you know i would even think there's people who are interested in different category of site hustle right so like for me i'm all about the agency and then growing a content agent, uh, service or or an affiliate sort of program uh, but then there's going to be others who want the door to door walking around the neighborhood doing those sort of things and uh, how do i do that better right oh, i just got
0: a good one i just got off the phone with uh, georgia austin have you heard about this uh no, fiber? she's putting up like 60, 70, 80, 90 grand months on Fiverr and now transitioning to her own agency. She's got this team of writers. Like, she's done really well after only, like, you know, really digging into it in the last nine months. It's been insane.
1: the one that had, I mean, there was a video on YouTube. She was profiled by Fiverr or something. Um, I, I think I saw a video of someone doing that. Anyway, i um, going to have to definitely have to check that one out. <laughs> Um, just whilst, a note on my mind whilst we talk, we're talking about sort of email sequences, um, tinylittlebusinesses.com. I'm not sure if you've come across Andre Chaperone before. Um, but he's, he had a, uh, a, a course, which has been sort of like, it's, it's like the number one for email marketing. Um, okay. Uh, you know, oh, a, lot okay. Of, a lot of popular, um, email marketers and, and online business owners would, would be familiar with his work. Uh, it used to be called, um uh oh geez escapes me now but it's been renamed to the art of of email um this year and uh tiny little com. i think you'd 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 really like their uh okay their approach email marketing and then it's uh they're like the you know the people that you would know would know them like even if would have done his their courses like that that's who they are um okay so let's Come back to the the Facebook group. One question I had for you around Facebook groups was uh how do you optimize for search? Knowing that you know Facebook could could recommend the group to other people, uh there are other users. Uh are there certain things that you can do as the the, the, the group owner to op- optimize for better um results?
0: Yeah, I mean you're you're an SEO guy in the traditional sense, so you're gonna be pleasantly surprised to learn that the facebook algorithm is super super basic when it comes to search like put the keyword put your primary keyword in the name of the group like that is the extent of the facebook seo knowledge uh, that i have so my uh, friend of mine runs it, it, that's why the group is side hustle nation somebody searched side hustle they're gonna find it a uh, friend of mine runs a group called uh, virtual assistant savvies or VA savvies or something. So somebody types virtual assistant, they're going to find a group. She just passed 80,000 members. Another guest on the podcast runs a group about becoming a microgreens farmer as a business opportunity. And so his group is, you know, microgreens farmer or something. So somebody searches microgreens, they're going to find his group that's top of the funnel for him. You're listening to Authentic Influence, Learn the tips, strategies, and practices for taking your influence to the next level. Now, back to the show.
1: So basically, just keep it simple and put the words that you think people are going to search for in the name of the group. Um, do you do anything with the description? Like when people find Side Hustle Nation or whatever, and they go, okay, well, that, that's what's the description comes up. Do You put anything in there.
0: I updated the description to say like this is the official community of side hustle nation.com cuz I found that, that there were other groups using that same name using the side hustle nation name and so I was like okay I wanted to make sure like you know if people are looking I mean they're going to see one with you know 45,000 members or one with 2,000 or whatever but you know just want to make sure like hey you know this is the official this is legit this is the one you're looking for come on in
1: yeah, you've got you're at the point where you get the copycat uh groups coming up <laughs> uh good problem to have um and in terms of the, the group itself i'm obviously i'm an active member in there and and it's just engagement is off the charts like i see a lot of people you know posting things and you do i think a weekly like wins post um what have you found to to work over the years and 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 i guess what's working now that maybe didn't work before in terms of engagement <laughs>
0: Yeah, the wins stuff doesn't work as well as it has in the past. I mean, the algorithm loves to see engagement, um, getting people to like and comment. So if you can ask questions, if you can get people to comment and I'm, uh, you know, it, it's so annoying because it's like, come on, come on, Facebook, don't don't make people play these games because I hate seeing posts of like, hey, I just, uh, you know, made this killer resource, you know, drop me a, a hands up emoji if you want it. And it's like, this is just. I don't know, this is just garbage. Like, it's just not worth it. This is like, just post the thing. Like, if that's what you wanna do, just post the thing. But if you do, and it's a link, then Facebook doesn't show it to anybody. So like, you have to go back and forth. Um, But kind of questions like getting people's feedback on certain things, Um, lists of side hustle ideas tend to work well for me, Um, you know, cool cool resources that I'll try and find, especially like lists of resources. Like, hey, here's the tools that I'm using in my business. if you can avoid putting a link that's probably better you know put the link in the first comment or something if you must but it's i don't know if it, that's that's like the risk of facebook is like yes there's a lot of eyeballs there yes you can bring a lot of people into your fold but it's still you're, you're kind of at the whim of different algorithms if they end up ever actually seeing your stuff
1: have you tried like direct facebook running facebook lives into there and, and those sort of things as, as a
0: i've done a couple live videos yeah. probably not in three or four years but yeah. um I, I like the i like the comfort of the podcast i can edit after the fact it's <laughs> like it's a more comfortable space for me
1: i feel yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. that is a good point you can't kind of at the mercy of, at the algorithms of the, of the platform um Now, how much time do you commit to actually being in the group? Because uh, this is the one of the, I guess, reservations um, I've had in the past. And I know certain other people have. It's like, I don't really want to spend all that time in there, Nick. I don't want to be posting every day and responding to everyone's comments. And especially when you get to, you know, 50,000 members like that, that's a lot of management. Um, Have you, where are you at in terms of being the person doing all that work? And and are you looking at bringing on, you know, volunteers, team members and uh, those sort of things? What's, where's, where are you at?
0: Yeah, I'm really grateful to have a an awesome team of volunteer moderators that keep things really clean i mean with any group that size you're going to be a spam target and people trying to recruit people for their you know incredible business opportunity you know work from home make 2000 a month trading you know, foreign exchange current, I don't know, we we get all sorts of scam. I think the moderator team does an awesome job of cleaning that up. Um, I've got my assistant now using group leads to approve new member requests. That was something that was taken uh, a ton of time because it was a because um, because it's a browser extension, it's got to be done locally, um, versus having your uh, you know, volunteer moderators, it seemed like a lot to request of them, hey, could you install this thing? Um, and could you double check that, you know, you know, all these different stipulations of like, you know, somebody gets approved or not approved to join. Um, so other than that, my time in the group has been reduced a little bit lately, but it is honestly my favorite place to come and hang out on Facebook. If it wasn't for the group, Facebook probably would have been deleted a long time ago. But it's, um, you know, it's a really cool community to be a part of and see the connections and ideas that are being shared and and happening in there.
1: That's awesome. And have you, you, any plans to do like a local Seattle meetup for those who are in the neighborhood?
0: Yeah. I I mean, that was like, this is probably the thing that I miss most um, from the pandemic is just like not being able to connect with people face to face. So I think that is definitely on the horizon as, as the world starts to look a little bit better, knock on wood, Um, because I would do it everywhere you know, we would travel. Like anytime there was a conference, I mean, we had had meetups in, you know, all over the world. Like the first one was in Vietnam. I just put it oh, out wow. there. Um, it's like, hey, you know, we're gonna be in, in Saigon. We're gonna be in Ho Chi Minh City at this time. And somebody was like, dude, I'm local. I'll let's hang out. And so he like insisted on buying me a coffee. I was like, oh, this is great. Um, but it's, it. it's super cool to kind of um, recognize the impact that you're having, but also have face-to-face conversations with listeners and say, well, what are you, what are you working on? Oh, that's super cool. You know, what are you struggling with? You know, maybe you can kind of help connect the dots for them. It's something I always get a lot of energy from. And so I'm very much looking forward to being able to do that again.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. I think there's there's an opportunity there to do like side hustle nation, you know, Southeast Asia and and kind of like, what are the hustles that are happening in each region, right? Like, the, yeah. there's, there's certain things happening, even within in countries, there's, there's certain things that they can do that, that, that maybe they, they can't do Airbnb, but they're doing something else. Um, and, and that, that's a a really interesting way to go. Um, yeah, and that's a cool guest.
0: Uh, it's a yeah. cool guest uh, through those uh, meetups, too
1: next world tour coming up in 2023 <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the book so you've launched uh what's uh, what number is this you've got a number of books out there on amazon I can see uh where are we at uh, what's and what, what was the motivation for this current book which is uh 1000 oh sorry $1000 100 ways
0: yeah awkward title um <laughs> I I like registered the domain for this 1k100ways.com like early 2015 This was a project that you know just took forever to get off the ground but just couldn't get it out of my head like okay i need a way to showcase some of the cool stuff that members of the community are doing um it was uh you know i don't know depending on how you count you know book number five six seven eight Mm -hmm. i don't know um i don't i just love publishing i think it's cool as an income stream although it is a small one for the sake of disclosure i think it's cool for a discovery channel right like if you um, you don't know, want to own your keyword, right? Amazon is another one of those top five search engines where you want to try and own your keyword. So, um, you know, if people search, make extra money, if somebody searches side hustle, like I want to, you know, if they search, make money on the side, like those type of stuff, I want my work to show up there. And it's, that's why it's a low price point, you know, trying to reduce the friction, reduce the barrier to entry. But that's been kind of a fun, uh, a fun little side hustle, um, you know, on top is this little publishing arm of the business
1: yeah I think that's really fascinating to see just how you've attacked or, or tackled really it's, it's one topic or one broad topic and then gone into his five different books that can came out of that came out of that particular topic uh so if someone's listening to this and they're thinking okay you know I've, I've got that book that I want to launch 2022 um what have you learned about the book writing and book publishing process that that you know you wish you had you'd known maybe five or seven years ago
0: yeah so first of all like you know align your expectations with reality the book is probably not going to replace your day job it's um you know consider any royalties that you earn as a nice bonus but think about how readers of the book might be you know a part of your broader ecosystem like or how amazon could be part of your broader ecosystem right how do i You know put my put my tentacles out into you know all these different areas and and bring people back to the email list bring people back to the website um in in the case of this book and and i guess other books in general like if you can have sort of a community that is behind you that is vested in the process or progress of the book like i think that's helpful because you'll see people posting like oh you know i just just finished my rough draft or just finished my outline, or, you know, what do you think of these cover design concepts? Like all of that is, you know, genuinely trying to get feedback, right? But also trying to like tease that this book is coming, like let your followers know that, you know, there's this product and that you would really appreciate their support on it. I asked, I think in like just a PS in one of my newsletters, like, Hey, you want a free advanced copy? Um, You know, and you want to be on the launch team and leave a review early on in the launch. And that was a way to, you know, uh, reward the people who uh, scrolled all the way to the bottom of the newsletter and a way to, you know, seed the uh, seed the listing on Amazon with some positive reviews. Because so a lot of people, what they do is um, they'll do the pre-order thing and say, hey, you're trying to stack up all these pre-orders. And even then when they go to launch, it's kind of like crickets because it's like, well, there's no, there's no reviews, there's no feedback on this site yet, or there's no feedback on this book yet. And so I kind of like to, you know, launch very quietly to a tiny segment of the list or tiny segment of your audience. Maybe it's 10, 15, 20 people, um, because you all have that many people who would probably be willing to support your work. Um, and, uh, and then that way you have got that social proof uh, in place for when you do your public launch push. Um, tactically, I've launched at 99 cents. If you have, you um, you know, any sort of audience, this is probably where I would uh, position it as well, just kind of like, uh, because it's similar to podcasting, where it's like, okay, you're going to use your existing network to try and send positive signals to the Amazon algorithm in this case. And, you know, hopefully that flywheel starts to spin, and people start to discover the title organically, and you can get outside of your own network. This is like, okay, selling something for 99 cents, and Amazon gives you a 30 5% 5% royalty or something. So you make like 30 cents, 35 cents on this book. You're like rich. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is, it's definitely a, a, a marketing exercise. Like, okay, I got to reach outside of my own sphere of influence to make this uh, worthwhile or just, you know, play the volume game. Like sure. If you're you know going to hit the top of the bestseller charts, then that's fantastic. But it's also um, a little bit of an authority builder to say like, Hey, I wrote the book on the topic. I, I know what I'm talking about. Um, and I think that's something that definitely helps with getting, uh, you know, press and media down the road too, if you could say, Hey, I'm the author of such and such title.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about that because I think there's a lot of energy put in or a lot of conversation around, okay, how do you write the book? How do you publish self-publish the book? Um, and, and I know you've done a few episodes about your journey through that on, on side hustle nation. Um, I'm curious about just marketing strategy right it's one of these things where I, I you know i view a book it's a product um and like any product you've got to have some kind of idea of how you're going to promote the product right um some people put it on amazon and they expect miracles um <laughs> but no you're not gonna you know you're not gonna hit new york times top 10 like just because you put your book on, on amazon um like i think that there's a lot i think that you've done and i've observed things that you do certainly you've got uh, you know you've got your podcast audience and you've got a list but even if we go back to basics and you didn't have all those things, what would you recommend someone do to start getting eyes to this new book that's coming out?
0: Yeah, it's, it's um, like any product, it's traffic and conversion, right? Like how do I get um, the traffic there and how do I convert them to do the action that you want once you have them there? Um, if you don't have a list, you could borrow other people's lists, which is something that I did in concert with my own launch efforts for this. So I'm, i'll get you the links um, afterwards you can kind of put it in the notes but there's a handful of book marketing sites that have lists of readers that you know have signed up to get notified of you know daily discounted or free books right and so um, sometimes they're free to promote to sometimes you you know pay a nominal fee to have your book included in that daily email blast but again it's like trying to reach a different audience trying to send some nice signals to the algorithm so that's one way that i would go about it um, you could also do this with just other people in your space to say, "Hey, I don't have a big list myself, but I think this book would be compelling to your audience." You could send advance review copies, like, "Hey, if you don't if you don't trust me, I'd love to send you a copy." We talked to uh, Matt Ralph in the children's publishing space, Ooh. and he said he, he would go and find, you know, influencers. Um, you know, he called them like. Micro influencers, which was like anybody less than a million followers. It's like, man, if you got 800,000 followers, you're, it doesn't sound very <laughs> micro to me, but you know, okay. But he was like sending them books in exchange for a review, in exchange for promotion uh, to their list if they liked it. And so that's another way to kind of get in front of other people's audiences at the time of the launch. Um, after the launch is kind of where. The rubber meets the road it's like well i, I would love to make ongoing sales here um, and still the same traffic and conversion applies so like could you add this into any autoresponder sequence that you have could you have this um you know featured on your website you know in the sidebar in the footer in the about page in your email signature um could you s- consider running uh, ams ads amazon marketing services ads which is something that i have done for all my titles and did for this one as well but you know after a month and a half or something like the campaigns just weren't profitable. So I turned those Mm. off. I was like, okay, couldn't, couldn't get that nut to crack um, on that one. It could be, um, you know, talking about it on the podcast. It could be talking about it on other podcasts. It could be like, how do you drive continued interest to it? It could be relaunching. So I did this, you know, probably a month after the initial launch to the segment of uh, people who had joined the email list since that time and say, Hey, they probably didn't Get notified of the initial promotion for this thing so like hey drop it down to 99 cents again for another day or two hey limited time here's the you know here's the promo here's the chance to get in and just you know trying to you know because amazon really likes to see consistent sales so like trying to bump that up again in the ranks a little bit and then for the production of the audiobook it was another excuse to market the book again like finally got the audiobook uh, narrated and approved uh and it got that thing uploaded in audible or ACX uh, gives you like 50 promo codes to send All out, right. to get the book uh, for free, like to, cause they want, you know, they know social proof sells and they know you need reviews to have uh, people, you know, consider this book. So they're like, why don't you send out 50 of these codes to your audience? 25 for the U S 25 for the UK. And so I wasn't really sure what kind of response that was going to get, but I was pretty sure I could get more than 50 people to reply. And so I wanted to have like, like a consolation prize, almost like, Sorry, I'm all out of codes, but you know, if you want to check out the Kindle version, it's just 99 cents this week. So, kind of priced it there, and so that was able to drive a bunch of sales uh, last week or Cyber Cyber Monday week, I guess that was, um, and got a lot of people to reply to the email too. So, sending nice email algorithm, uh,
1: good vibes Whoa. towards
0: Active Campaign and in uh, Gmail.
1: That's really cool, and I think you could even use you know your launch as a case study for Active Campaign and go back to them and then have they, they them interviewing you and and potentially getting some some uh, audience reach through their audience as well um and so like you talked about um what did you call it group group leads uh which is a Facebook group tool I mean you're kind of an advocate for them um <laughs> and that, that's you know again another case study for them where you can get yourself um onto their website onto the internet their, into their marketing and their funnel um so there's a lot of one thing that really stands out for me in this conversation and just the work that you've done is how much you really understand and focus on the power of social proof like the 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 just your show is entirely you know here are stories of people doing cool things um and it's just case study case study case study case study uh and and uh you know and then if we, if we go through your email sequences i'm sure you'll put stories in there too of his you know here's how bob made you know ten thousand dollars doing this thing or whatever it may be um and then the book is a series of case studies and i know you've got an article um on the site which is let me just pull it up here uh which is very similar title to the book <laughs> yes. 100 plus best side hustles to make 500 in your spare time so what's the relationship here did you have this first and then thought, okay well maybe you know let's do the book and what's the difference between the two yeah this
0: is one of the very first posts uh, that i wrote for the site and it's been updated you know dozens of times over the last eight years this was just kind of the uh you know the pillar post-strategy, which I kind of learned mm-hmm. about after the fact, or almost by accident. Um, I At a conference, I heard this called the fishbone post-strategy. Like if you're starting a new site, you would have like the, you know, the 50 best or 50 most important survival skills or something, like, you know, if you're in the outdoor space. And then each one of those links to, each one of those skills links out to the most authoritative resource that you can find on that topic. And then over time, you aim to replace some of those external links with internal links as you build out that own as you build out your own library of content. And so that's kind of this post is a really important uh, discovery channel. Like as people Google side hustle ideas, they land on this. And hopefully they get down to the bottom, they got eight or 10 different tabs open, they've discovered that, oh, there's a podcast that goes along with this site. There's, you know, all this other interesting stuff here. So hopefully, this and, and the time on site, according to Google Analytics is pretty strong for, for this page. So that's something that uh, that I definitely like to try and do as as an introduction to side oscillation and the content here. So, this, as you can see, these are just like, you know, quick paragraph examples of each one versus uh, the book is, um, you know, more a case study where everybody is following a similar format. How'd you come up with that idea? Uh, how'd you get your first customers? Um, you know, how else do you market this thing? How much are you making? How long did it take to reach a thousand bucks in profit? What mistakes did you have along the way? And so mm-hmm. you can really kind of compare. Um, uh between different stories in that way
1: yeah i really like just the layout of this it's quite extensive. i mean i'm not even halfway down the page (laughs) yet uh but you know it's really like i say you've built this over time and and you know and you probably have most of these on as interviews now um and if not you've got lots more to go and you're getting a bunch of comments here which is really 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 cool uh love the strategy i think i mean we had um gert um from seo leverage on the show previously and he talked about content clusters which is basically what this is um and it, it, this is just a really great example of putting that into practice um and, and like you say it's really great for uh, search engine traffic and bringing people to your site so um can i uh, can i tell you my biggest yeah. like
0: accidental seo win yeah sure so when i so when i first wrote this post you know the default title in wordpress was like 79 side hustle dash business-ideas or something. It was like this really long string. I was like, you know, what if we just made it slash ideas? Like, what if we just had this like really nice, clean, easy to say URL? And so whenever I would go on podcasts, it gave me an opportunity to be like, hey, you know what? Great place to start. No opt-in required. SideHustleNation.com slash ideas. And I call that my big, you know, accidental SEO win because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. But now having been a guest on a ton of different podcasts yeah. and they're like hey nick when where can people learn more about you like this is a really easy to say url and i think it holds more value than just linking to your homepage because now all of a sudden you know people are you know already into your content in a way and so that's helped the the ranking and uh, and revenue and discovery of this page i think
1: absolutely i think it you know it, it's straight away i'm going bam i land on this page and it's just value like there's you know you're not selling to me like there's it's really I mean you've got a you know a disclosure here about affiliate links which is normal um, but then to go hey like there's just great content and then there's an op there's you know several opportunities to opt in here to go subscribe to the podcast it's, it's a it's a it, it to me it's even a better landing page than sending someone to your home page because it is you know so valuable um and i love the accidental discovery too that sometimes that happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it would have been a nightmare trying to give people the old url <laughs> oh my gosh um nick i wanted to say uh let's wrap, wrap it up here i want to say thank you for uh having you on the show um and uh you know there's a ton of other things I want to talk to you about and we'll have to bring you back next year at some point. But uh, uh, any last messages for, for our listeners?
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you uh, uh, inviting me on. It's always fun to geek out on this stuff. I mean, the big thing, you know, whether in you know 2022 or beyond, it's kind of thinking of these uh, asymmetric risk reward opportunities, something that has kind of been planted in my head lately and it, this is side hustles in a nutshell, right? Like if you can keep your costs low, if you can keep your risks low and you know, you're starting something that has a potential to scale has a potential for a big upside win. Like it's only a matter of yes, educating yourself on how the game is played, but taking enough swings, like, you know, take getting yourself, um, enough chances to find that thing that hits. So that's something that has been uh top of mind lately, play the experimentation game and, um, you know, manage your downside and, uh, and take some swings.
1: Love it. Love it. Now I, I would be killed by my listeners if I don't ask you this final question. So I'm going to do it. Um, Cause it's become the, the, the one question they actually listen to. <laughs> like they're like, Oh, I want that answer for every guest. Um, and it's what's one thing or a couple of things that you're doing for your own mental health.
0: Oh, mental health. <laughs> That's a good question, man. Um, I have become a much more consistent meditator this year um, have always struggled to develop this habit and finally broke down and, um, got one of these like muse, uh, headband deals. I yeah, actually got yeah, it from, really I actually cool. got it from my wife as a, as a Christmas present last year. And I'm the one who tends to, ends up using it a, a little bit more often, but that's something where it's like, okay, you know, take a pause. Usually it's like, lately it's kind of been, yeah, um, you know, mid early afternoon or like right before, you know, kind of as the kids are going to bed, kind of like, Okay, it's like downtime, quiet time. Like, I know you're supposed to do it in the morning, but hmm. I, I wanna like, wanna get at it in the morning. Like, I don't feel like, and that was always the struggle with meditation. It was like, uh, I <laughs> this, there's other stuff I should be doing with this time rather than just sitting here and breathing, yeah. you know, come on. Um, so trying to find some downtime in the day for that. Uh, and I find that reading, you know, both fiction and nonfiction is kind of a good little reset for me, so um, reading stories, like I read, one of my favorite books their last year was the Lewis and Clark adventure. This was called Undaunted Courage, which Ooh. was like a day-by-day journey through their expedition through the American West, which was like, let's let's go backpacking, let's go camping. Except like, let's do it where the maps we have are pretty sketchy and then they run out and let's do it for like two years and see what we can find. <laughs> and it's like oh man, it makes you so grateful to have Costco around the corner to, you know, have <laughs> Amazon prime, just like, oh man, the world that we live in. Um, so trying to uh, carve out some time for, um, just for, you know, where you're, where you're not thinking about work.
1: I, I love that. And, uh, both, both of those are fantastic ways to, to do it. Uh, Curious about Muse. Is that the one where it, it like if you reach a certain state, birds start singing, and then like is that is that the one? That's
0: the idea. So that's what yeah. we that's what my wife and I describe it to each other. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go do my birds. Right, let's try and get some birds. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it does anything, but it is. I will say like if nothing else, like it's the placebo or it's the impetus of like well, hey, you bought this thing, so you might as well go use it versus before it was like really hard to prioritize making that meditation time. So I've done it much more this year. I think my best streak was 80 something days in a row, um, but trying to get much more consistent with that as a result. And if it, if it took buying a silly little device to make that happen, then it was worth it.
1: 100% agree. Uh, Nicks, thank, uh, thank you for joining us. Okay, for everyone listening, uh, head over to sidehustlenation.com forward slash ideas uh, and that's where you'll find that list of 100 different ideas for you to actually go and launch your own side hustle uh, if that's something that you would like to do an, an additional a thousand dollar a month whatever it is for, <laughs> and do some good things for you and um uh, we could probably do an episode about investment and then what do you do once you start making some good money and, and putting money on the side but uh, we'll bring that to another episode yeah uh, I, would, I would
0: listen to that one <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right mate. thanks for your time and uh Uh, For everyone else listening, please, uh, you know, share your tweets and comments, whatever it is. You can find Nick. uh, He's on Twitter uh, at at uh, Enloper. That's right. Uh, And then join his group as well. So Nation, check it out on Facebook and we'll see you there. Thanks again, Nick. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, If you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode.
0: for listening to the Authentic Influence podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co.